Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Hi, welcome back to Central Line. We're uh, coming to you today from on-site at the very first ever AHACON here in San Diego. Um, And we have our first guest of the conference today. I am? Yes. One of my very favorite people on the planet. And not just because it was your idea to go to a pink concert earlier this week, which is amazing. It was but, so epic. Yeah, it was really epic. Um, but Alyssa Mages, welcome back to Central Line. Oh, thank you. It feels weird. Last time I had um, such a good like crew with me. You did. So. You had like many. I had, I had the Josh Weissman. Yes. And the Phil Richmond. Yes. And the Michael Shirley. Indeed. Yeah. It so was, if you haven't caught the conversation that mm-hmm. um, I had with those four back at Connexity last year, um, be sure to check that out. It mm-hmm. is on, it, it's here in the podcast feed and it's, it was amazing. I think it's called All Aboard the Energy Bus because um, <laughs> the best, that's the best energy, I think, that uh, you could possibly ask for in a group of people. And um, and a big part of that, which you do not give yourself credit for, is you. So uh, I just like to have fun. Yeah. Um, but Alyssa, would you just introduce yourself to listeners, viewers? Sure. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Alyssa Mages. I am a CVT. I'm based out of the Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania, a little town called Schwanksville. We're very schwanky there. Um, and I've lived around the Philadelphia area pretty much my whole life, um, but uh, also call New England home. I went to undergrad there. I lived in the Keys, lived in Canada. I've got two humans. Uh, one's 15, and she's pretty fantastic. She is. Yeah. Thanks. She's a mini you. Except she's two inches taller, right. which is unfair. <laughs> and then I have a 10-year-old son and um, a husband who puts up with my shenanigans on the regular. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am down to one furry creature in my house right now, which is a little sad, but also kind of liberating, which I feel bad saying, but yeah, she's a lot. She is a lot. I mean, she's so, a whole mood. She's a, yeah. So she's has uh, resting. <laughs> her name is Butter. We had bread and butter and now we just have butter and uh, she has resting butter face. So it is no longer the other RBF. It is resting butter face. Yeah. She could actually redefine RBF on her own. Cause like she, she is a pro. <sighs> She's so vicious. Um, so yeah, that's, and um, I hang out with my company, Empowering Veterinary Teams, or EVT, and I'm also really proud to be the director of the Mentor Vet Tech program with Mentor Vet, and we're getting ready to launch a new company in the new year. Um, it is called Nurture, no E on the end, and that's going to be focused on veterinary team communication. So training and utilizing uh, gamified avatars, it's really cool. Because you didn't have enough to do. Uh, It's no, no, it's really, if I'm not busy, I don't know what I'm doing. So (laughs) I'm also very, very good at doing nothing. Um, But when I'm on, I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. I I identify with that a lot. Um, I'm either doing everything or absolutely not, or like watching. (laughs) There's no show. Yeah. Like cooking show after (laughs) cooking show on Netflix. So hundred percent. Yeah. Um, And it life's simple pleasures, you know? Yes, Absolutely. So Alyssa, um, I, I know some of this about you, but I'm curious what your answer will be, but I was wondering if you have a third space, you know, you wear so many hats that Mm. require you to be present in a way that isn't about you. Um, you know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a very, you know, prolific speaker and educator and, um, and business owner. So where do you go when you don't want to be any of those things? Just be Alyssa. 
I have a third and a fourth space. Am I allowed to have two? Yes. Okay. Um, so the first is any the water. Mm-hmm. So I've been a swimmer since I was 10 or 12-ish, somewhere around there. And then I shifted into synchronized swimming. And there are two other synchronized swimmers in veterinary medicine. Shout out to Karen Chinoy and Teva Stone. <laughs> yes, I, I did. I, I outed you guys. Sorry. Yep. Um, and now we're gonna we're gonna have to make that. We happen have to at make that point. trio yeah. happen. So um, I, I no longer compete. I've had a whack ton of knee surgeries. So, but I get in the water and I just can disappear, even though it's transparent. And it just is. That's my meditation. I'm not good at doing the sitting still meditation. But if I get into that that zone of either lap swimming or simply just being on a paddleboard in the middle of somewhere. That's where I don't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. I can just be. Um, and then my fourth space is on um, on a stage singing. So I am in a Tom Petty tribute band called Hypnotic Eye. And I do all the background vocals and hand percussion. And then every once in a while they let me sing a Stevie Nicks song because she and Petty were really good friends. And I don't have this hairdo when that happens. <laughs> I throw on a wig and I get to disappear even though I'm in the spotlights. But I'm just in the mo- mo- I can't even talk today. I'm in the moment, I'm in the music, and I'm just rocking out, and it is amazing. This is the music I grew up with. Uh, my dad got me hooked on uh, Petty and the Heartbreakers mm. and then the Traveling Wilburys and all of those, um, those good guys um, that had a lot of influence in other different types of genres. But, I mean, I could talk about music all the time. So, And we, we did talk about music a lot this week. Because um, <sighs> we love it. Yeah. So It's medicine. Music is medicine. Music is medicine. And in fact, we have a speaker talking about that. Oh, um, really? At this conference. Yes, Dr. Charles Short. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. I'm very is. excited for that talk. And there really isn't a genre of music I don't like. Yeah. There's all, I mean, I, I will have a hard time sitting through Wagner, but there are some <laughs> other operas that are just absolutely powerful. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, who doesn't like a good rapper's delight? Yeah. So uh, country, not a huge fan of the the newer versions of it. Yeah. But like cool girl country is a little different. It's a little bit much for me. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, there's undeniable talent there. Yeah. So if it's your jam and you can lose yourself in the moment and you own it, you better never let it go. <clears throat> so water and music water are and your music. third and fourth spaces. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty great. And I know how important that is to now, especially um, with some health challenges and yeah. all the stresses of, of owning your own business and everything. So there's a few. Yeah, <laughs> just a few. Um, but uh, I'm glad that you have those. Thank you. Me too. Everyone has to have that, um, whatever that looks like. And it may be totally different. Also, if I can disappear into an excellent novel, that's yes. a good place to be too. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited to trade more book recommendations with you. So um, we'll make sure that we make that everybody knows where to reach you and find out more about oh, yeah. what all your, you know, the work that you're doing, but <laughs> the um, work and the quirks, the work and the quirks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we'll make sure to, to drop some of those links in the show notes and Thank bring you. them up at the end. But, um, so here at the conference, our theme this year mm-hmm. is level up. Mm. And I, I love that theme because I feel like it could encompass so much. Um, really you can. know, you really can think about what area of your life you want to apply that to, but for you specifically, looking ahead at the next, you know, six to 12 months, what does leveling up mean to you? Bringing everyone up with me. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, it's hard to look back and reflect and celebrate the little moments. I'm Mm -hmm. not great at that. Um, 
same seas. Right. Because we're like, oh, we got to get to the next place. Yeah. We got to go to the next thing. And we don't take the time to really sit back and recognize I've actually made it. I'm already enough. And it's not about me. Mm-hmm. That was never the goal with starting EVT or any of these other ventures. It was never supposed to be this. So my goal over the next six to 12 months is that everyone knows who the EV team is and they get their chance to shine and they get to step up and I get to step back because it's really for us, especially as, you know, a het cis white woman, I don't need to be in the spotlight at all. I've been there enough and it's really important for anyone that has been othered in their experience to shine. So I am ready to just take both hands and get everyone up and push them up and beyond and just be that boost that they need. Well, that's something you do really well. And it's one of the things that when we met, I felt the most about you is just that your energy always says there's enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that everybody feels that. Thank you. That Um, means a lot. That's that's what I, I I really want that to, to, show up and I'm really glad to hear it does. Thank you. Yeah. It's an abundance mindset, you know, not a scarcity mindset, like where you don't have to compete. We can actually all just share in, there's more than enough resources, more than enough space and stage for everybody. Yeah. So, um, so I love that, uh, that definition. And I definitely see that happening. It's coming. Yeah. Like not just from the work you're doing, although in a large part from the work you're doing, um, but also so many other groups are working towards that same goal right now. And that feels really good to be here at this moment in vet med. I agree. And I think it it hurts me in in a different way when I hear people say that vet med is broken. Mm. Are there parts of it that need a lot of fine tuning and fixing? Yes. A hundred percent. I'm not denying that. But to say it's broken implies that it's irreparable. And I can't agree with that. Mm. Looking at all the work that Nicole Bruno is doing with Blend, looking at what Valerie Marcano is doing with Possibilities, looking at what all these other organizations, you know, you've got the anesthesia nerds lifting people up. Look at what Carrie Journey and Stephen Sital have done. Oh, yeah. That's amazing, yeah. right? And the practice they just started. The practice they just started mm-hmm. here in California. And there's so many other organizations get motivated with their burnout prep certification mm-hmm. course. That wouldn't have happened five, 10 years ago, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And all the conversations that we're starting to have more readily and the big organizations are starting to notice. Yeah. And they're stepping in. And my dad and my mom both have always said, you're not going to make a difference from the outside in always. You can have a different perspective and that's necessary too, but you've got to sometimes stick in and dig in Mm -hmm. to get it moving forward. And that's how you, you know, how do you fix a car? Not from, you know, standing like, "Hmm, this is, there's something wrong, but you like open the hood and actually figure it out and get a little dirty, get a little dirty. And so I can't get dirty all the time on 14 hour shifts anymore, but I have a team that can help me do that. And I happily will show up and do that when I can. And really, if you can look at that, you know, look at all the different practices that are, are making a difference. That's the ripple effect. Yeah. Right. So every time you throw a pebble, it spreads. So you do one good thing. It's going to affect so many people. So it's, it's rusty and you know, the axle may be a little bit loose, but the red wagon's okay. It's going to push along. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, and I love like my favorite analogy, which we've talked about because we talked, we were talking about tattoos the other day. (sighs) 
but can you ever have too many? <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I mean, think so I mean, I'm sure that's subjective, but <laughs> I would say, you know, but I told you that one of the things that I love the most is the concept of kintsugi, you know, the Japanese yes. art of fixing broken pottery with gold. gold. Yeah, and so when something actually breaks into multiple pieces, they glue it together with with this gold epoxy, mm-hmm. and it's really, really beautiful afterwards. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's how I want to think of Vet Med right now, is it is a little bit broken in the sense of there are pieces that aren't aligning the way that they should. Yeah. But we are seeing so many people wanting to be that gold glue that puts it together. I love that. So, And that's a better analogy. And I think that's a much more apt description because to your point, there are disparate pieces. Yeah. So it, all right, it but is a little at broken. at the end, we're going to have something that's... It's a piece of art. Yeah, exactly. And what is medicine? Yeah. It's an it's art. It's an art. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. That was good. I I'm seeing some merch. I... Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a blue ombre glaze. Oh, yeah. yeah this okay. is good. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've decided, that it's a yeah. new line of merch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that actually is a good lead-in to the next thing I was going to ask you, which, um, you know, Tech Week is coming up. It's September mm-hmm. right now. So Tech Week is in less than a month. And at AHA, as many places, I feel like October has sort of turned into technician National Technician Month because this year we have the very first um, AHA Technician Utilization Guidelines coming out October 1st, which you were on the task force. I was. Uh, that I was. created those. And I am so excited for those to hit. Um, they're actually going to be in Trends Magazine in the October issue that gets mailed out. So I'm oh, I'm exciting. super stoked. But they'll also be available on the AHA website, aha.org, um, which for free, so everyone can access Get them. them. Yes. Read them. And, yes. um, and I'm just, I'm really curious to know what that process was like because those guidelines, that task force was a lot of very strong personalities um, was. coming together to create something cohesive. It was, um, I'm not going to lie, a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, you want me here? <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then it, when I got there, I was like, no, I really, I need to be here. Um, yeah. And every voice that's there needed to be there. And it was such a labor of love for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you could get that sense. And there was such a feeling of camaraderie and co- collaboration. There was no egos involved yeah. at all. It was love just... That. I see it this way. Okay, how about this perspective? All right, well, how can we implement this? How can we tie this together? What does this look like? And really coming to a place of we need to start from the ground and build it up instead of bringing new things. And there's so much controversy. We could open that can of worms, but maybe we shouldn't today. Um, (laughs) But maybe we should because it shouldn't be something hard to talk about, right? And it gets challenging in... Our profession, regardless of being a te- technician or a veterinarian, because there are so many different governing bodies and associations and who who does what and who takes care of this and who to report to. And it's all state by state. Yeah. How can we have cohesion when it's state by state? Well, we have a national standard, right? And we all take that exam. So I'm a CVT in Pennsylvania. There's LVTs. I can't list all the states because there's too many, and I, I mix it up, and I don't want to mess up. Um, but I do know that Tennessee is LVMTs because yes, they're the Tennessee only ones. Tennessee is an outlier there, but yeah. Um, and then we have our RVTs, and that's all of Canada now. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much we could learn from Canada. I may be a little biased. I lived there for five years, um, and my daughter was born there, so I like it a little bit. Um, but really, what I think the 
underlying message needs to be is we are all coming at this from the same angle. We want to have a unified body. We want to have title protection. We want to have the recognition and the ability to work to the highest level of our licensure. And in many practices, that's just not the case. Yeah. Because even in Pennsylvania, it's not required to have a credential to be called a technician. <laughs> and well, I absolutely respect someone who's been on the job trained and worked there for 20 years. Oh my gosh, yes. Because they're going to be able to get that 17-year-old dehydrated hyperthyroid cat that's trying to eat everybody in one poke. 100%. I'm not questioning their skills yeah. at all. And their knowledge is based in what they've learned there. They know what to do and they're damn good at it. But why are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Do you understand the mechanisms of action? Do you appreciate what the life cycle of this parasite is and why you need two different, you know, parasiticides or things like that? And there's so many different references. So it would be akin to me having had my credential now for 13 years. Well, I could have been a vet three times over. So call me Dr. Mages. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And but I'm not. Yeah. And legally, my job is protected yes. um, from you being able to call yourself a veterinarian or do a lot of the things that I do Correct. in every state that's protected. But we don't have the case that. in a lot of states for technicians. Right. Yeah. And there's really only four things we can't do. Yeah. And that is prescribe, diagnose, give a prognosis, and perform surgery. That leaves it open to a lot of other things. Yeah. And also understanding the difference between immediate supervision, direct supervision, and the other scope of that, what that looks like. Yeah. And it's an important part to have on the job training. Yes. But how can you do on the job training and your full time job of another person? You know, so as a trainer on the job, when you're training an assistant, what does that look like? How do we define that? What is an assistant? I, I don't know. Oh, I met this really great gal at Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I'm not. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes it's necessary. And she was really kind and she was really smart. And she doesn't mess up her orders. So we're going to hire her and then train her or him. And in three months, not only are they going to call them a technician, they're going to call them a nurse. There's that other can of worms that I love to mess with. <laughs> we do nursing skills. That's yeah. part of what we do. Yeah. And... It goes along with everything else, though. You know, we do phlebotomy, we do radiology, and if you get trained in a specialty center, you might be doing oncology, anesthesia, and then you can even go onwards to get your specialty, right? So much you can do. I don't want to be limited to a nurse. That's one aspect of that. And in a lot of states, it's protected for human medicine, which is silly, honestly. I don't disagree with that we should have a, a unified title. But we don't yet. Yeah. So adding another one in, to me, doesn't make sense until we figured out what we should all be called collectively and how we can standardize that and protect it. And then we can go on from there. And then you can open another can of worms. We're just going to be wriggling all over the place <laughs> and talk about the mid-level practitioner. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, a big one, right? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. We already have them. Yeah. We have VTSs. Yeah. And mid-level doesn't seem like the right word even to describe them because they know so oh my much. God. It's a, vet, a veterinary technician specialist is a VTS, in case you're not familiar. Yes. Um, and man, they know their stuff. They know their stuff. Well, mm -hmm. it's, and it's, it goes right along with all of the colleges of the veterinary specialists for doctors, right? So if you have, you know, the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine that accredits and boards our oncologists, neurologists, radiologists, and internists. 
guess what? We have those for veterinary technicians as well. So you have to do your two to four years of a veterinary technology degree and then your clinical hours and case studies and reports and another exam. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. National exam for credential technicians. So double and just all of these things. Yeah. And they know that it's just like a nurse practitioner. I know I threw that title in there. Don't get confused. How are we utilizing them? Yeah. So it's really not only standardizing the title and having it protected, but standardizing the utilization piece of it as well. Are you working your assistants to the fullest level? Are you then, when they can get up to the next level and they've gone to school and then are a credential technician and then they can go onward from there and you're not limited. I've worked in general practice, emergency and critical care, oncology, anesthesia, academia, lab animal, large animal, wildlife, sales. That wasn't a good fit. (laughs) And now an entrepreneur. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah. So it's really making sure that not only we educate our profession about what a veterinary technician does and how we can utilize them appropriately, but we have to educate our clients and the public because when you tell them you're a veterinary technician, they look at you like that, right? The head tilt of like, and they're trying to make that make sense. (laughs) What does that mean? Oh, I was a vet tech once. No, you were... You worked in a vet hospital. Which is wonderful. Yep. Thank you so much for your service. Yep. But it's not the same thing. Yeah. And so that's why, like, well, it's similar to a nurse for animals. Oh, where's the education piece there? Right? So it's a multifaceted, really wiggling collection of cans. So that's what we were really trying to tackle and we could have probably written a novel on it. Not a, like a, not a novel, a textbook, really. This AHA podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit understands that all veterinary teams are busier than ever. To help patients get the care they need, the Care Credit Health and Pet Care Credit Card allows clients to access a budget-friendly financing experience anytime from anywhere on their own smart device. They can learn, see if they pre-qualify, apply, and even pay if approved, all on that smart device. With just a tap, they have a friendly, contactless way to pay over time for the services and treatments their pet needs, whether it be a general, referring, or specialty hospital, as long as they accept the Care Credit credit card. But I feel like we really put together a good piece of work, and I'm really excited I can talk about it now because it's been hush hush for so long. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's really really exciting, and like the whole October, so the whole October issue of Trends. This is one of the. Um, you know, because it's a non-clinical guideline. Right. And I say that I'm making little quote marks with my hands because it doesn't talk about clinical medicine in the way that like mm-hmm. the endocrinology guidelines do. But is it as important to practicing good medicine as the clinical medicine is? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. And, but we're publishing it in trends instead of in the, in JAHA, in our medical journal, because it is technically not about the medicine. It's about all the other stuff that you need to make excellent medicine happen, Mm -hmm. just like the mentoring guidelines were earlier this year. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I am loving most about watching, you know, besides AHA, so many organizations starting to realize and embrace is that even if they've been talking about clinical medicine only for a very long time, like AHA has been talking about clinical medicine, some practice management pretty much exclusively, now we're starting to to realize that the so-called soft skills 
the, I know I hate that, but (laughs) the soft sciences like psychology and communication and leadership, um, all of that stuff is so, so essential to, um, to what it really means to run a successful veterinary clinic and to, and to keep a team happy and fulfilled and together. Um, and so I'm just, I'm really, really excited about that change that I'm seeing all over the profession. It is. It's, it's really encouraging. Um, and it goes back to putting the gold pieces in. Yeah. Um, So I love to call this. That's the gold. That's the gold. Mm -hmm. It's, um, human skills. Yeah. It's how we human. Yeah. And that's, I think where we got away from that, right? We're so focused on, can you place a a, a jug calf? Can you do an art stick? Can you maintain Tiva? All of those things, which are absolutely critical. Yes. But what about the humans that are performing those skills? Yeah. Because if you focus solely on your clinical skills and you stress out over that, what happens to your well-being, right? And if one suffers, so too does the other. Yeah. So we've got to do all of it. And that seems like a lot. Yeah. But there's a lot of resources out there and a lot of organizations that can help. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Another question for you. Uh-oh. So, well, so, <laughs> so tech guidelines, um, being released the same month as national veterinary technician week. I'm curious if you could have a gift, um, or a wish, like say it's your birthday and you get a cake and it's got a little candle on it and you blow on mm-hmm. it and you can make a wish. If you could wish something, for National Veterinary Technician Week, what would it be? I only get one wish. Or is it one of those candles that I blow it out and it lights back up because that would be fantastic. I mean, technically, <laughs> it could be a, a wish that encompasses more than one thing, I guess. Okay. Oh. That's really hard. I know. I feel like we should ask all of our technicians this, though. I it's agree. Like, we just give them things. But, like, what do Can you really want? Can I have really a pizza want? party? <laughs> Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. No. Um, it's it a yes and. Like, yes. yes, you can have a pizza party. And. And what's your actual wish? Exactly. Um, because my pizza has to be gluten-free, <laughs> dairy-free, yes. and we no tomato. have a pizza party, but you won't be able to <laughs> eat any of it. Yeah. My wish for veterinary technicians, and this is for my credentialed cohort. So I love all of you in the support roles in veterinary medicine, tr- truly. Please hear me that I respect and appreciate all the work that you do. But this veterinary technician week, month, is for credentialed veterinary technicians. That is a veterinary technician. I wish for recognition, appreciation, and appropriate utilization with the accompanying compensation. Well, that should be that should be easy. Yeah. <laughs> and while I'm still wishing, I'd like a pony because I never got one. And a pony. And a pony. So... Like, I don't want to say that maybe you'd be more likely to get a pony than to have those other things happen, like, really soon. But I really hope that, that that's not right. I really hope that those things are, are going to come sooner rather than later. Because I think they will come. It's just a matter of when. Right. And I think it's we simply have to get a unified front together. Yeah. Right? And in, instead of, I want to be this versus this, and we got to do this and not this. Yeah. It's, what is the most important Right. So I think of all of those things, if we have title recognition and protection, the rest will follow. Because once that is cohesive Mm -hmm. and standardized, nationally recognized, well, once you've achieved that, then we can establish standards of pay. We can establish standards of implementation and utilization, but we've got to start there. So we have to stop fighting about what we call each other. So we just have to get all 50 states to agree. That works real easy. (laughs) 
You know, I, I like it though. And I think you're totally right. Like sometimes we, we could spend all of our energy and resources chasing after something that we're just not ready for because we haven't gotten past the first step. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to jump over that step and we just can't. So um, hopefully it will happen. And, and if we can present a unified front and that means with doctors as well, because that's, that's the big part. Yeah. We need, we need veterinarians well, behind us and, and beside I, us. Yeah. And this is where I'd really like to say just, I can't imagine having worked in a hospital where the technicians were stronger and better utilized. I really don't love that phrase. Like it sounds like, like I know, like, like we're like a tool. A, yeah. Like you're using a vacuum or something, but like, <laughs> well, I mean, we do MacGyver everything. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> but, um, but I feel like the technicians at the hospital where I last worked, um, so shout out to Shiloh again, um, Shiloh Veterinary Hospital in York, Pennsylvania. Um, but they had so many credential technicians and they were really able to do a lot. And I saw the full capability of that, yeah. not just that technician degree, but of the people who go after that degree and do the necessary CE to keep mm -hmm. it and want to go to conferences every year and get a CE allowance and use it and ask, can I try this or can I learn this? And I think being around that really made me realize how little I saw of that other places. And I wish every veterinarian would have the chance to work in a practice like that, where you come into the culture and that's already the culture mm -hmm. because that will shape how I see technicians from now until forever based on looking at those strong people doing what they were trained to do and loving it. And what did that do for your workflow? I mean, I will say that I am not the most efficient or fastest, but it's not because the technicians were not drawing all the blood. <laughs> And like doing all the radiographs and like monitoring anesthesia like bosses and you know yeah. it made surgery so much less stressful um which it's stressful for me to do surgery sometimes and um we had a treatment technician that ran that place like a ship you know like that treatment technician could have run uh you know a, a, like a military operation and i just I worked with techs like that too. yeah and and i just so for me personally like the workflow that i could work on was mine and not so much worrying about like, who, do I need to triple check that slide or right. do I need to run that blood myself or do any, because they all just, they figured out the workflow for me and did it so much better than I ever could have. And it meant so much to me to see them working the way that they did in the sense of like, I didn't, I had no idea working in Pennsylvania before that. I had no idea that technicians were capable of so much. If they're given that chance, yeah, right, and that is so lovely to hear because that that is the type of culture we're looking to create, yeah. right? Where, as an assistant, you can see what you can level level up, see level yep. up, to, level up, and strive towards. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not saying that an assistant or someone who's been on the job trained is not qualified and isn't valuable and shouldn't have those opportunities. Absolutely, they should, and the recognition. Yep. Yes. That's why there's a veterinary assistant week, yep. right? And there's no shame in that. I was a veterinary assistant for years yeah. before I went back and got my degree. I was one before vet school. Yeah. And it was, for me, it was, okay, I know what to do again, but not why. And when you have that sense of team, yeah. right, then you know, okay, I can stay in this lane. I can merge here. I'm going to come back over here because I'm not really comfortable there, right? And I like being under the umbrella of a doctor. So mm -hmm. it's all on you. <laughs> I'm happy to sit over here and play with the things that I am that I like. Um, I'll stay in my corner of the sandbox. Thank you. <laughs> but really making sure that 
I recognize that where my skills are and where my skills are not. Yeah. All the spicy burritos. Yes. (laughs) All of the angry, snarling dogs. I can, but I'm not your go-to. Yeah. Right? And because I've been out of clinics now for three years, and I will pick up shifts here and there, and when we go in and do trainings, I'm very present, and I'm doing CE on my own and taking other courses Mm -hmm. to make sure that this doesn't stop working. But I know that I have team members that are in it. You know, one of my, my lead trainer, he is a practice manager currently. So when we're talking about management and leadership, that's him. And he's got a certificate in anesthesia, right? When we're talking education development, I have another trainer who has a master's in education. So we're talking to her to make sure that that's relevant. I'm working through my certificate from Cornell in that. So I absolutely appreciate and understand that you, you have to not only talk the talk, you have to walk the walk and surround yourself with experts. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at everything. Yeah. But I know people who are great at other things. And so identifying the existing strengths within your team and making them shine and saying, hey, you can do this at the next level. This is how we make this happen. This is a, you know, a, a distance program. This is how you can get this certificate. Your certificate's lapsed. I'm still in my brain. You earned your LVT. So let's see who we can talk to to get that reinstated. You want to go back to school and do all these things? How can I facilitate that for you? What do you want to do? Yeah. Don't leave that med. Right. I had to get out of clinics for many reasons, but I didn't ever want to leave the profession. So what do you want to do? How do we make that happen? How can you as a veterinarian support that? Recognizing it, championing it, talking about it, highlighting it, and lifting it. And that's what you do. And that's one of the many millions of reasons I love you. <laughs> well, thank you, Alyssa. And I I honestly, I think we are going there. I talk to so many vets now who sound different than the veterinarians I was talking to 10 years ago, you know. Um, and it's just because we didn't, we didn't know, you know, which is kind of crazy that we didn't know. But, but a lot of us just didn't know. And, and all the ways that we're reaching people now, I think we're getting through. So... It's coming. Um, yeah, I'm really hopeful, and and you make me hopeful. Um, Thank you. I would love for people to know where they can find everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find it. Where can they find you? But like, <laughs> where can they find what you're working on? Sure. Information about your programs, and um, and also stay tuned for your new venture. I know that's um, so. We have all the websites are up. So empoweringveterinaryteams.com, nurture.co. It's n-u-r-t-u-r.co, mentor vet dot net backslash tech and we're on social so um, my personal is lyss underscore evt and then we're emp vet team and we're making sure that we're we're hitting all of the things and just showing up in the places where we need to and kicking people to places where they need to go and shine and doing some you know other side projects and writing some books and yeah making some cool critters and yeah there's a lot of fun stuff coming so Also, if you don't know who Med Dimensions is, look them up. Ooh, Med Dimensions. It's a 3D printing organization. (gasps) Oh, it's so cool. Okay, 3D printing is fascinating. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up. Yeah, and they're brilliant. I mean, it wasn't enough to get biomedical engineering degrees. They had to go to vet school, too. So I was like, guys, I feel like an underachiever. (laughs) I don't think anyone would accuse uh, you of that. (laughs) And just make sure, you know, we we hang out with the team at BlendVet. I'm a part of the board of directors for possibilities. There's big things coming there. Volunteer for Vet for a Day. Look for all of the, you know, the Street Dog Coalition. Make sure you, you know who these organizations are. And don't 
the other thing that I'm really passionate about, and we are at EVT as well, is allyship. And it's active. It's a verb. So verb your life. Get out there and verb it. Love it. Yeah. It's a good shirt, too. Uh, that is, I can't take credit. This is um, the Black DVM Network, T.R. Bryce, yeah. and uh, Snout School. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Alyssa Mages, thank you so much for coming by. Thank and, you, Dr. Katie Berlin. <laughs> um, you are going to be helping out at the BlendVet uh, Pathways yes. event tomorrow. Oh, so, so exciting. Yes. And um, so if you want to know more about BlendVet and the work they're doing um, to try to present and introduce uh, vet med to more kids um, in communities, especially where they might not have that chance on their own, mm-hmm. um, then we'll we'll drop those links in the show notes. Absolutely. Also. So thank you so much. And thank um, you. Thanks to all of you for listening and watching. Yes, thank you, everyone. And get out there and be your best self. We'll catch you next time on Central Line. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.